Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome back. Today we have two uh, gentlemen from the United Church of Canada who are actively involved in uh, church activity of a slightly different nature, and that's why I've invited them to join us today to explain what they're doing and how they're doing it. So first we have from the EDGE ministry, Rob Dalglish, who's the executive director, and Joshua Fernandez, who is the manager of community events. So welcome to you both. And I'd like to start, first of all, with you, uh, Joshua. Can you tell us a little about your educational background and your work experience? Sure. My education, I did a general arts degree at the University of Guelph a little over a decade ago, but my, uh, my education was really in life and community organizing um, through grassroots initiatives with uh, cycling advocacy, um, community housing initiatives, really non-formal stuff that kind of got transposed into more formal institutions and became useful. <laughs> and what about your work experience? Uh, I worked at co-working spaces, at sharing economy startups, um, a carpooling startup. Um, currently, I'm working at the United Church of Canada's innovation team, hosting social enterprise challenges. I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. You did some work with Ryerson, I think, as I recall. I did. I worked. I did administration at. You did research, Peter. I did. I worked uh, administration at. Um, the School of Urban and Regional Planning, but I was also a mentor at the Social Venture Zone, mentoring social enterprises as they build their businesses. Okay, great. Rob, can you tell us a little bit about your academic and work background? Sure, thanks, Peter, and thanks for inviting us to uh, come and uh, share a bit of our story. So when I introduce myself in the church, I say I've got a bit of a sketchy educational background uh, with a degree in uh, applied mathematics and computer science and an MBA from McMaster University. I actually did some doctoral work in management science, which would have been early AI. Um, uh, we called it uh, knowledge uh, representation and uh, expert systems at the time. Um, but uh, in the midst of that uh, work, discovered that my heart was in other places and started uh, the vocation uh, with the church. So I'm ordained in the United Church of Canada. That, that's a Master of Divinity degree in terms of the uh, background. So in terms of work experience, um, uh, I, I've worked, I guess, as um, uh, um, uh, application developer for uh, Methods Works, which is when I... Uh, was first switching into ministry. Uh, I, I worked my way through my uh, MDiv uh, as a senior systems analyst with Ward Air. We, we couldn't quite convince Max to get out of the, um, Max Ford that is, to get out of the uh, scheduled airline business, and that's why they got taken over by uh, Canadian Air. Well, anyway, um, uh, and then uh, I was ordained in 1990, and I've worked in congregational ministry for about 15 years, and then came to the national office of the United Church of Canada 
and for the last eight years have been working with this um, EDGE initiative, which was basically the mandate around uh, innovation for the United Church of Canada, or ministry, what, is, what does ministry look like in the 21st century? So helping renew current ministries and uh, explore new forms of ministry. And that's what got us into innovation, social innovation. Thank you, Rob. So, Joshua, can you tell us about the current activity that you're doing at the United Church? Absolutely. So I run Social Innovation Challenges, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with CBC's Dragon's Den. Budding entrepreneurs will come in to the Dragon's Den, they'll pitch an idea, and venture capitalists will buy part of the idea for some equity, standard venture capital. But we do it from a church perspective, which means welcoming anyone who wants to make the world a better place. And they don't have to have the product or service completely made yet. They just have to have a hunger for trying to make the world a better place. And we support them for a whole day with mentorship. We recruit mentors and they sit with these aspiring change makers and they work on strategy, marketing, um, the business and the financials, the business, and what I call operationalizing idealism. So you, we have everyone has these these little uh, these ideas that you, you think about when you're in the shower and something comes to you and you're like ah oh, this could be a value an offering for the world this could solve this complex problem or be an opportunity to contribute to solving something really complex and big um, I think we're in this place in the world right now where everyone is aware with technology of the concurrent crises in our economy and our ecology. We want to see ourselves as being part of that solution, but there aren't always places where people are welcome on the ground floor to explore things in a supportive way. There's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of um, prohibitive language. You need to apply for an incubator for three months and leave your job or do something that's a lot riskier than people are able to grasp onto. So this is just an entry level. Um, these day, they're, they're day-long competitions. They're partnered between United Churches and anyone outside a faith organization that says we have the same common intended outcome for a healed, loved world and a radical community. You have to be a member of the United Church to participate in these challenges? Absolutely not. It's, uh, you have to be willing to explore an idea that, will, that you believe will make the world better and to learn with and from each other. That's all. And have these been done just in Toronto? No, they've been done across Turtle Island from uh, Vancouver to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, Halifax. Um, we do it in different places every year. Toronto, Winnipeg. Toronto, Winnipeg. Yeah. Calgary. Calgary, Edmonton. U U.S. Thunder Bay, Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, did one in the U.S. And wh where can people uh, find out more information about these challenges? We've got a website, www.socialinnovationchallenge.ca. And there's an event link there. And we'll be posting a few coming up, one coming up in Toronto, and then one coming up in St. John's. And throughout the year, we update it. And there's a really interesting resource page, if I can just quickly dovetail, that speaks to the connection between theology and a social purpose of a higher, why are we here, kind of existentially, to why, why this is a calling of the United Church to offer this more widely to anyone. And Rob wrote a great piece there called Why is Social Enterprise? Why is the Church Social Enterprise? 
Church and social enterprise. Yeah, church and social enterprise. It's a really interesting um, intersection to explore. So, Rod, this seems a little unusual that a, a national church would be involved in this kind of activity. Can you provide some context or background? Yeah, absolutely. And I wish I could say it was just a great idea I came up with and then we started doing it. But the truth is um, people who have been seeking for ways for ministry to connect more fully with, with their community and with a new social context, um, we, it, it, for those people, we saw the emergence of new forms of ministry that had an enterprise component. Uh, people would start doing ministry in a cafe, and then they'd decide to buy a cafe and do ministry in the cafe, or they would have uh, some kind of, um, uh, the raw carrot's a good example. They're going to create a social enterprise uh, in order to help people on ODSP by uh, using their cooking skills around gourmet soup and, and, and so on. Uh, and this was happening it started first in the UK, or at least that's where I became aware of it. And people recognize that these are actually new forms of church. Um, so we started to uh, catch that wave in Canada, or at least in the United Church. And uh, we realized we needed to support the innovators, the ministry innovators that were doing that. So we decided to have our first uh, innovation challenge in Toronto. And we turned to non-church partners to figure out how to do that because we don't do that kind of thing, <laughs> or we didn't at the time. And they asked the same question. They got so excited, Peter, about us coming into this space. Um, and then, so, and we were we were amazed. We were thrilled and and somewhat curious. Uh, and then they asked the same question you did, which was, now we can invite our people, right? We, we it's not just United Church people. <laughs> And we, we didn't even, we hadn't even thought of that, but that was like a total win because that's another way to connect for the church to connect more directly with people that aren't in the church and work together. So, so it was a total win. It, at one point they asked us, why are you doing this? Right? The enthusiasm came first and let's do it together. And then they became curious. And, um, and we had to think about then how do we frame that for, for people outside the church? So we came up with this idea that, number one, we share the three bottom lines that social enterprise claim. Uh, we want it to be financially sustainable, but we want to make social impact, and we want to make impact for the healing of creation uh, of the earth. And uh, But we've got a fourth bottom line around spiritual impact. And uh, to our delight, uh, our entrepreneurial partners, our enterprise partners, were like, oh, tell me about the spiritual bottom line, because this is a spiritual pursuit for me. It's not a religious thing. Like, I don't necessarily want to join your United Church of Canada, but this is a, this is a spiritual calling for me, or, or tell me about that. And uh, we later connected with the work of um, Angie Thurston and, and Casper Kyle at the uh, uh, Harvard School of Religion, uh, who are doing work on millennials and um, exploring that social enterprise is actually playing the role in, in the life of millennials that churches have in other, other generations. It's where they gather, it's where they uh, work on themselves and for better health, and uh, it's where they uh, want to try to make a difference. And, and eventually, if, if you read some of the stuff, like people are going to their spin class uh, leader to, to, to marry them and for marriage advice and so on. So literally, taking some of the roles of the church. Um, so, so 
that's a, just a way of saying that there's this kind of convergence happening um, between social enterprise ways of uh, addressing social ill and doing social good and the church's longer-term commitment to those things. And then we look in our own tradition and we discover that, well, Paul, <laughs> the apostle, um, came across a refugee family in, in Athens who had been uh, exiled from Jerusalem uh, and uh, started a social enterprise with them around making tents <laughs> as a way of both supporting them and their family and also himself and his work, people that were working with him. So, so social enterprise, you know, I think church has been a social enterprise from the very beginning. <laughs> so we're coming back to our roots. Thank you. Joshua, can you tell us about, say, three of the, uh, the winners of these challenges that our listeners might find kind of interesting? Sure. Uh, I'll dovetail off Rob's last comment about the sp spiritual bottom line. One that stands out was a challenge that we did in collaboration with George Brown College. We had first, first prize, second prize, third prize, first, second, third. Um, all of those have to have at least a double bottom line, so financially sustainable and either an ecological impact or a positive social impact. Um, the quadruple bottom line prize is one that has a spiritual bottom line the fourth bottom line. And that one at the George Brown Challenge was won by a young indigenous man who was working to bring an elder in residence to the Moss Park overdose prevention site so that indigenous folks there could access traditional healing. Um, that's not necessarily mutually exclusive to, but it's also not uh, exclusively Christian uh, theology, but it's a, a ripe, beautiful, deep spiritual offering to a community who needs healing and the judges one of the three judges were united church judges and we're not giving we don't them any rubric we just say it's 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 intuitive it's you trust the inner light inner god inner divine within you that's how you make that's your rubric for figuring out what a quadruple bottom line winner is um another one that comes to mind right now is tina chan she is a master's graduate at the university of Laurier university i believe if not waterloo in kitchener and she recently won from Kitchener Social Innovation Challenge in November 2019 for developing a new product line for her existing business that deals with student mental health and um, acute responses through cue cards that give uh, real, real time. When you, you can flip in this book and it's all hmm, on the spot here. I, I can't represent her business for her. She's looking to give an offering to people who are feeling climate grief or eco-anxiety and it's research through psychology and little bits of uh, in the moment healing it's healing what you call it? yeah healing yeah I'll call that. support thanks, thanks for that support, support. Rob. Yeah, no problem there you go um, a third one I'll, Rob what do you think is a good third one that you would recommend to highlight so many come to mind I mean at the at the at the high end like People come with right anywhere from ideation through to looking to scale an idea. Um, the um, one of the ones that really kind of got me was a doctor mm. who brought a little R two D two robot that three uh, D printed uh, medical supplies. And so the the issue was in certain places in the world, it's very difficult to get supplies. 
um, but you could have a remote 3D printer that could print them as they're needed uh, in uh, places that find that difficult. Uh, mining uh, a robot that takes mines out of the ground mm -hmm. safely. Apparently, people are still dying trying to remove these things. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, I also think of the uh, co-housing project uh, for seniors. I think it's called Golden Golden Girls. Golden Girls. They passed yeah. a bylaw actually in Toronto, the Golden Girls Act. Yeah, yeah. So it's they were looking at developing uh, shared uh, cohabitation spaces and. That was a great thing because, you know, churches have a lot of property that is not utilized well right now, and we're looking for new ways to use it. Thank you very much. Now, Joshua, are any of these uh, participants posted on the Social Innovation Challenge site? Absolutely. So what we do is at the beginning of a day, usually it's a Saturday, so people who are working weekday jobs can attend. Nine to ten, they, people come, they pitch an idea for 60 seconds. We narrow that down to the top ten, and those top ten, and those who didn't are encouraged to join those top ten, they spend the day with mentors. And then they pitch again for two minutes at the end of that day. So both the morning 60-second pitch, the initial pitch, the qualifying pitch, and the final pitch that's two minutes that they present to judges are archived on our YouTube page. So if you go to YouTube.com and you search Social Innovation Challenge, that webpage has each individual challenge, both the qualifying pitches and the final pitches you can watch. Terrific. Yeah. Okay, Rob, I want to turn back to you. Edge is much more than social innovation challenges in terms of engaging and giving back to community. Uh, I am also an MBA alum from McMaster, so we share something in common. Yeah, but, I'd like to know more about what EDGE does in terms of engaging and giving back to community. Yeah, so, I mean, all of ministry, I think, you know, one way of framing the work we do is helping churches re-engage with their community uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, we don't have time to go into that, but churches have become somewhat isolated in terms of generation and, and actual connection with their community. But churches were always intended to be going out and loving their neighbor, not just trying to get people in. And so uh, to a certain extent, the innovation that we bring is to help congregations do that in, in this new world that we live in today. So uh, we help congregations through hosting community leaders roundtables and rethinking, you know, at, just asking the question, what do we have together as a community? What do we need? Uh, what can we do together? to address some of the issues we have, and what do you think the church's role is? And we found the community is very responsive to churches that, that offer that invitation. Um, I mentioned also the, the property thing. There, there are 3,000 United Church properties across Canada. Uh, folks will know that um, there are many of those. Uh, we would say about 1,000 that are close to either selling or needing to redevelopment because 30 people in a 500-seat space doesn't work very well financially, doesn't work very well ministry-wise either. Um, and uh, so helping congregations reimagine what they might use their property for to love their neighbor. And in a way that's uh, sustainable, uh, that has community impact, that allows, uh, again, for, uh, for the, uh, the spiritual life of those that would uh, like it to thrive and grow. So 
um, you know, I think it's helping redefine, helping the church reimagine what's, what, it, what it looks like when we say the word church. It's not just what I call the box book and preacher model, <laughs> um, but it's anything that can actually, I would say, follow Jesus out into the neighborhood to love the neighbor rather than get the neighbor to come into our pews. Okay, that's great. Now, one of the things I've observed is that many of the uh, communities of faith have a lot of unused space in their buildings. Um, And some of the ones that I've been into, it's been they're using 30 to 40% of their space and 60% is unused. Is Edge addressing that issue at all? Yeah, for sure. And that's, so there's, there's different levels of uh, reimagining that might happen. Um, you know, if you have one of these community leaders roundtables and you find out uh, a certain issue and then you ask the question, what do we have to bring to that? It may be that the current facility has a lot of space to house, for example, a social innovation hub <laughs> uh, within the church or uh, other, you know, we had one community leaders roundtable uh, where a church was looking to develop their front lawn to raise some money the city said well we'll give you three million dollars to leave it the way it is basically uh, because they had a green space strategy and they were desperate for green space in this area and it was in toronto so it's high value real estate so the church kept their lawn and everybody everybody's happy Um, yeah but i mean that's that's the rare case it's more like um it's more like uh you know uh, another social innovation challenge where a local uh, private school came and it wasn't the conversation at all they walked by and noticed the church had a gymnasium and the school didn't have a gymnasium i mean it's a no-brainer then to say well maybe we should work together um but uh you know helping congregations we we had a strategy at one point around even maybe developing a a broker type service that would help congregations uh more effectively utilize their space both to help uh, support the building itself for them that they have to care for, uh, but also to uh, to leverage um, social impact in the community and provide affordable space to not-for-profits that need it. Thank you, Rob. I want to just uh, have a short discussion on the future. Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of what you'd like to see happen. So Joshua, in terms of your area, what are some future initiatives that you'd like to see happen? That's a big question. Something I'm dreaming up with the help of someone from Emmanuel College, a professor who helps run a um, theology of disability conference that's been now pushed to late fall. But I'd love to host one there and see what comes out of that. And social enterprise there's a subsection of social enterprise called employment social enterprise. Rob alluded to earlier with the raw carrot. Um, I don't know if you spoke to what they do exactly. Did you? They make gourmet soup. Yeah. But, but they, but they, they hire they, ODSP. Yes. Yeah, so specifically in Ontario, we have ODSP. It's uh, Ontario disability, disability support. Um, so it's part of our robust Canadian welfare state, which is lovely. However, it's not enough for people to live full dignified lives. So to top up that income, this enterprise helps people who are living, not helps, empowers, and see even that language is flawed, 
It's that in, in theological language, I would say that everyone is created by creator as completely divine and has the ability to, and, and, and ought to, we need to reform our systems to give power to those who have been systemically denied power. So we know for a matter of fact that just statistically, men's bodies are paid more than women's bodies, right? And that white bodies are paid more than black bodies. And able bodies have higher earning potential than non-able bodies. So we need to create livelihoods and create enterprises, employment social enterprises, to honor the sacred gifts of people who may not have the opportunity to dignify, what I would call, this is my radical language, dignify their, cap, dignify their existence within capitalism. <laughs> okay, great. Rob, what are some edge initiatives that you'd like to see in the next five years? Yeah, so, well, five years. Part well, of this two, is place, two, two years. Well, part of this is to place, place it in context. We're in the midst of a, a huge kind of society-level transformation. And so uh, at the horizon, I think what I'd like to see is the church reclaim its place as a backbone organization in civil society, rather than rather than a niche place for people that want a particular religious expression, um, it's it's how we gather people uh, to notice what the divine is up to in the world and to say who's in. Let's let's join. Uh, let's let's uh, build a society that's based on justice and compassion and love and and uh, thrives in that way. So that's that's kind of the big picture. Uh, for me, this realignment of property holds a huge, you know, the United Church of Canada, uh, the church in Canada is the second largest property owner, like the church as a whole. The United Church of Canada has over a billion dollars, maybe a couple of billion dollars worth of property to really realign those for social impact, social spiritual uh, impact would be amazing. We could create spaces where the village that can raise a child lives again in the city. It's a terrible, it's a terrible world to raise children in right now, and especially in uh, large cities. Very, very difficult. We need the village again that can do that. And um, so, in, in around affordable housing, for example, if the church is involved as a partner, we can end up with more than houses. We can get homes uh, within communities that are vital and sustainable. Um, the other part is this whole social innovation uh, piece. There's this huge arc. Uh, that uh, philanthropic and, and uh, tax-based revenues for funding social good are both on the decline. Uh, it's, a, it's a long-term trend, and society is looking to social innovation as a way to create social good uh, in the light of these other declining resource bases. And I think the church has a very important role in that. Um, and uh, I, I, just see, I just see such potential you know, the, the church is still a, a credible convener and backbone organization for other community stakeholders. And so uh, partnering with CMHC recently uh, on a $20 million innovation grant uh, funding proposal uh, to help churches uh, realign their property to love their neighborhood, including affordable housing. Um, but then you can get more than just houses. You can get programming and an intergenerational community uh, that uh, that's more than the sum of the parts. Let's put it that way. That's kind of the things on my my horizon. Okay. Well, thank you both this morning. This has been a very unique discussion.
showing that the United Church is engaging and giving back to the community in very interesting ways. And for those that are listening, they can be reached through edge-ucc.ca forward slash about dash us. And I would encourage you to look at the uh, wonderful work that they're doing and the social innovation challenges where you may be interested in participating. And it's great that uh, the United Church is connected with the Community Innovation Hub, of which I'm a part, and we're both uh, working uh, in tandem to achieve significant changes in the economy, in the spiritual world, to make a difference. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Peter.